Shalom, Alekum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look at this week's prophets portion, which happens to be Isaiah 51, starting with verse 12 and going through chapter 52, verse 12. So not super long, and I'm not going to provide a lot of commentary other than to say God is speaking to his people, Israel, and specifically his city, Jerusalem. And he's rebuking them for uh, for possessing the fear of men rather than remembering him who's worthy of being afraid of. And he's going to comfort them by saying the the wrath and the judgment that you're currently under, I'm going to take from you and I'm going to put it on your oppressors. And uh, so hopefully uh, it'll speak to us this morning. I'm going to be using the Hallelujah Scriptures. Again, not much commentary. I just want to read it and uh, let it speak to you as it should. If you don't know what the prophet's portion is, you can go to my website. Um... Actually, I'll just go to my website on the fly and see if I can find it real quick. Uh, But I have a post up there called uh, What is the Haftorah? And you may actually have to search for it. I'm not finding it real quickly. I know it's in the blog section. There is a little search icon at the top of the website. Um, I'm sure... Okay, so here's what is the weekly Torah portion. Found that one. For those of you who are wondering what is the Torah portion. I'm still looking here just for another second. This is not something you typically do on a podcast. Uh, What is the weekly prophets portion? I'll tell you what, I'm going to try to make that sticky for this week, meaning it'll be at the front of the page. Uh, but you could also just use the little search eyeglass at the top. What is the weekly prophets portion? And uh, there's a short little detail about what that is. Okay. Before I get started with this week's prophets portion, I actually want to go back for just a second and revisit a verse that we read this week out of the book of Ecclesiastes. Something I've just been thinking about a lot, and I thought about it when I was reading it, and um, but I didn't really go into detail about it. It's just something I've been pondering on. Uh, someone even brought it up in the comments, I believe. Uh, but it's Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and it's verse 13, which says this. Consider the work of God. For who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Consider the work of God, for who can make that straight, who can make straight, which he hath made crooked. It's a picture of God's sovereignty, and how no matter what, if God takes a path that we're on, for example, and makes it crooked, no amount of effort is going to straighten it out, because God has made it so. And there's nothing you can do about it. 
I think about, when I think about this verse, I also think about in the Gospels. I'm not going to look it up to see where it's at, but you'll know the story. The religious Jewish leaders are trying to put in, put stamp out what's happening with these Christians. Peter and John are spreading this message. And one of the Pharisees says, hey, just leave them alone. If it's nonsense, it'll fizzle out on its own, just like some of these other uprisings have in the past. But if it's of God, nothing you can, nothing you do will stop it. Consider the work of God. Who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? Likewise, in our own lives, sometimes we're on a path and we've got a plan. And this has happened to me frankly, more times than I can count at this point. Where I'm on my way, I think I'm going a certain direction, and then God completely smashes the road in front of me. There's only one way, and it's to take the crooked route, and I'll resist it, and I'll fight it, and I'll try to overcome it, and it and doesn't matter. There's no amount of effort, or work, or crying, or praying, Nothing will change that which God has ordained, no matter how much we try. On the flip side, sometimes it's the enemy who throws you know, some wrenches into things, right? And, and puts speed bumps and stuff in our way. And those we can't overcome. They require perseverance and praying and fasting, and it's difficult, but we can overcome those. But if God be the one... There's, there's nothing you can do. You cannot make straight something that he has made crooked. And so we have to get to a place where we accept God's sovereignty. And in our hearts, it's your will, God, not mine. I'll read this short little paragraph from John Wesley, and then we'll read our prophet's portion for this morning. This is what he says about this verse. He says, consider... He says, consider his wise and just and powerful government of all events, all events, which is proposed as the last and best remedy against all murmurings. For who? No man can correct or alter any of God's works, and therefore all fretting at the injuries of men or calamities of times are not only sinful, but also vain and fruitless. This implies that there is a hand of God in all men's actions, either affecting them if they be good or permitting them if they be bad, and ordering and overruling them, whether he good or bad. John Wesley's saying, look, you're looking at the times you're living in, murmuring about it, pointless, fretting about it, it's just vain and fruitless. Frankly sinful, he says. He's, and, he, and he makes the point, don't you understand that the hand of God is in all men's actions. He's either affecting them if they be good or he's permitting them sometimes if they be bad. But at the end of the day, he's the one ordering the events tough terms to come to because it takes 
all um, I guess you're leaving it all in God's hands this is not to say men don't act and men don't try and men don't do and we don't just sit on our hands and say well God but it is to say that your view and your will will not be the one that comes to pass it'll be God's and so we got to get ourselves on God's plan and stop trying to get God on our plan. Easier said than done. Let me end this morning by just reading the prophet's portion. Let it speak to you. Open up your hearts. See if there's a word in there for us today. This is addressed to Jerusalem, to Israel at that time. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it isn't a word for us for right now. So let's have a look. Isaiah, chapter 51, starting with verse 12. Hallelujah, scriptures. Let's begin. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of man that dies, and of the son of man who is made like grass? And you have forgotten Jehovah, your master, who stretched out the Shemayim, that is to say heavens, and laid the foundations of the earth. And you continually fear all the day because of the rage of the oppressor, as he is prepared to destroy. And where is the rage of the oppressor? Please note, I said I wasn't going to do commentary, but I can't help it. God, think, imagine these words to us today. He's saying, I'm the one who comforts you. Why are you afraid of man who dies? Right? Like God's eternal men die. And men are like the grasshoppers. Like they're like the sand of the sea. There's, there's billions of them, but they, they all die. And you have forgotten your maker. The one who stretched out the heavens above you. The one who made the earth. And you continually are afraid all the day long of these people who are trying to oppress you. Doesn't that sound like a word for God's people right now? Let's continue on. Verse 14. Bowed. He hastens to be loosened that he should not die in the pit. And that his bread should not fall. He's talking about the oppressor. But I am Jehovah, your Elohim, stirring up the sea, and its waves roar. Jehovah of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth, and with the shadow of my hand I have ordered, or I have covered you, to plant the Shemayim, and to lay the foundations of the earth, and to say to Zion, You are my people. Awake, awake yourself. Rise up, O Jerusalem, that is to say Jerusalem, you who have drunk at the hand of Jehovah the cup of his wrath. You have drunk the dregs of the cup of reeling and drained it out. Of all the sons she bore, she has none to guide her, and of all the sons she has brought up, no one strengthens her hand. Both these are coming upon you. Who is sorry for you? Ruin and destruction, scarcity of food and sword, how shall I comfort you? 
He's saying all these things have come upon you. You who have forgotten your God, Jehovah. Destruction, scarcity of food, and the sword. He's saying, how shall I comfort you in these circumstances? Let's continue on. Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets like a gazelle in a net. They are filled with the wrath of Jehovah, the rebuke of your Elohim. Therefore, please hear this. You afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. Thus said your Adon, that is to say, Lord, Thus said your Adon, Jehovah, and your Elohim, who pleads the cause of his people, see, I shall take out of your hand the cup of reeling, the dregs of the cup of my wrath. Never again shall you drink it, and I shall put it into the hand of those who afflict you, who have said to your being, bow down as we pass over you. And you made your back like the ground, and as the street to walk over. God's saying, I'm going to take this cup of wrath that you've been drinking out of your hands and I'm going to put it on those who oppress you, those who think that you're a doormat, so to speak. It's the phrase we use in English, right? They think you're a doormat. They just keep walking all over you, right? And that's what these oppressors do. Verse 1, chapter 52, Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your garments of splendor. O Jerusalem, the Kodesh city, that is to say, holy city. For no more do the uncircumcised and the unclean come into you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bounds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus said Jehovah, you have been sold for naught, and you are redeemed, not with silver. For thus said the Adon Jehovah, At first my people went down into Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, to sojourn there, and the Ashur oppressed them without cause. And now, what have I here, declares Jehovah, that my people are taken away for naught? Those who rule over them make them wail, declares Jehovah. And my name is despised all the day continually. Therefore, my people shall know my name in that day. For I am the one who is speaking. See, it is I. How pleasant upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings good news, who proclaims deliverance, who says to Zion, your Elohim reigns. The voice of your watchman they shall lift up their voices together. They shall shout for joy, because eye to eye they see the return of Jehovah to Zion. Break forth into joy. Sing together. You waste places of Jerusalem, for Jehovah shall comfort his people. He shall redeem Jerusalem. Jehovah shall lay bare his Kodesh arm in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the deliverance of our Elohim. Turn aside, turn aside, come out from there. Touch not the unclean. Come out of her mist and be clean. You who bear the vessels of Jehovah. Please note, there's only one verse left, but this verse right here, verse 11, is making me think of something out of the book of Revelation. Maybe you can think of it yourself 
before I say it. Let me read verse 11 again. Turn aside, turn aside, come out from there. Touch not the unclean, come out of her mist, be clean, you who bear the vessel of Jehovah. It reminds me in the book of Revelation what it says about Babylon, come out of her, my people, lest you partake in her sins. Come out of the Babylonian system, separate yourself from them. 12, verse 12, last verse for the portion. For you shall not come out in haste, nor go in flight. For Jehovah is going before you, and the Elohim of Yisrael is your rear guard. That, my friends, is the end of the broadcast for this morning. I pray you've been blessed and strengthened and encouraged to go into the weekend. Let's stop looking at these oppressors and fretting over their evil and remember that our God is the one who stretched out the Shemayim our God is the one that laid the foundations of the earth he's the one that if he decides to make something crooked there ain't a man who's ever existed who can make it straight where's our trust where's our faith who are we looking to I'm just going to tell you, if you're looking for a politician to save you, forget it. Your hope is in the wrong place. They're merely men, sinful men. Only God. Only God can help us now. And he is, I believe he's brought us to a place. He's brought his people to a place in 2022... And maybe it's going to continue until we really start crying out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But I believe he's bringing us to a place where it's, you've got one option. Look to God. Because all that strength you thought you had in yourself is gone. Thanks for listening, friends. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for supporting the broadcast. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.